1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC.
0: All right, it's pod 32 and it is a loaded one. We've got a recap of the PPA Masters from last week. And we're going to reveal who ate three triple triples at In-N-Out. <laughs> oh my God. And is this merger actually happening Or not. It seems like last night a nuke was thrown on the whole thing. We're gonna get into that. And what really is a progression draw and who is actually benefiting from it? We've got our giveaway winners from our biggest giveaway pod ever. And I reveal my partners for 2024. exciting stuff. Stick around, it's pod 32. And pickleball is still a zoo. (laughs) That's a good one.
1: This Pickleball
0: Life. It's pod 32 of TPL, This Pickleball Life. Welcome to your favorite comedy podcast disguised as a pickleball podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jilly B, aka Jill Braverman, pro player, former tech CEO and startup founder.
1: And I'm the other co-host, Kay Dubs, aka the other half of Jilly B, I am an avid amateur pickleball player, sadly on hold, but an aspirational duper 4.5 and a professional golfer, as well as an armchair psychologist.
0: Okay, sadly on hold, didn't you just get your functional knee brace?
1: I know, but I just still am not allowed to play, and it's uh, it's inspired me to do something else new in my life. I'm learning to play golf lefty because so I'm a masochist. Wild.
0: That is so uh-huh. wild. So uh-huh. she's videoing a swing every single day. And so for 100 days, you're going to see her left-handed golf swing progress. I think that is so freaking cool. Like that is talent up the wazoo.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I uh, I will spare you the golf details since this is a pickleball podcast. But suffice it to say, I could go off. We
0: have a crazy loaded pod 32. And I, I thought mean... I thought like the first pod of 2024 was pretty good with the predictions and the merger and this one i'm literally like oh my goodness like what is happening in pickleball right now all the things we can't say yet that are going in I know. the
1: next, next, next ones.
0: So fun! But fa- fun fact: We actually filmed a pod, an emergency pod, thirty-one point five. We called it last week. Clearly not so
1: much of an emergency.
0: <laughs> and we had to take it down. No one told we didn't us
1: take it down. We never put we it never up. We it. never posted. We
0: never posted. We just
1: went through the entire process of me editing, it, <laughs> editing
0: it. There is one day I hope it does see the light of day because it was pretty salacious, but we are going to take pieces of it uh, and we are going to have uh, those pieces in this podcast. So we're talking everything from the MLP PPA merger, which finds itself again on crazy rocky ground. We're going to be recapping the PPA Masters. And Kristen, is it fair if I say it was kind of a weird vibe, (laughs) pun intended?
1: Am I allowed to say a get out vibe? We're going to be Probably talking,
0: not. we're going to be talking the player collective. Yes, they made an offer to MLP PPA. Learn how it was received by listening to this pod. Um, and we're going to talk about all of the questions we have for PPA as it relates to draw seatings and prize money payouts. Will there be any prize money payout from the Masters? So stick around, this is a loaded, loaded pod.
1: So before we get to the rest, I just wanna remind everyone, because we ran into some fans, as we always love to see at the venue, who said they were so excited to hear about Jill's new grip and they were researching Jill's grip, Jilly B grip, and they couldn't figure out that it was a Hessecore. And so I just wanna remind everyone, always in the description, there are links to all of our affiliate codes, especially Jill's Grip Hessecore. Um, with discount codes, so be sure to always check the description first if you have questions like that. But also, we have a website now, jillybpickleball.com, which redirects to jillianbraverman.com. They both work. You've got podcast info, you've got sponsorship info, you got discount codes, you've got camp info, Trace Palapa stuff, and as we get rolling out with Paradise Pickleball uh, camps, we'll yep. and clinics, we'll have that on there too. So, jillybpickleball.com or jillianbraverman. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah. Um, so should we, uh, should we hit it off with the, uh, theme of the day? It's the theme of the day. What's the theme of the day? The theme of the day is... More questions than answers. Which apparently we've done before. Chaos and pickleball? Done that.
0: (laughs) Will the merger happen or will it not? Done that before. (laughs) TBD.
1: theme of the day is TBD. And I don't mean that later in the pod we're going to decide what the theme is. I mean, that mm-hmm. everything in pickleball is TBD. No one can make plans because everything is a TBD.
0: I wanted the theme of the day to be pro pickleball is flailing, and that got shut down, but I just said it out loud, so I feel like I won a little bit.
1: We'll do one on the description and a different one on my thumbnail. Perfect, perfect. You gotta catch them all. Um, so, in case you missed it. Yeah, we have been nominated. I shouldn't say we. <laughs> I have recorded Jill saying things that got her nominated for a Dink Award. Yes, you heard it. Not best dressed, not most likely to win the prom, but most influential alongside of, you'll never guess it, Leia, Zane, and Jimmy. Um...
0: I thought the award was a nomination in the category of most idiotic pro player who's most likely committed professional suicide and will most likely end up sued. Are you sure it's for most influential?
1: Uh, yeah, but there was a dot, <laughs> dot, dot ellipses after sued. <laughs> and, and after that was, but also is most likely to have a viral video. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, no, I'm super honored to be in this category. We've obviously put um, our career is on the line just trying to literally preach the truth as we see it. And there's, you know, a lot of other people in the category I respect a lot. Um, yeah. Zane and Thomas have done an incredible job, I think, very different job than us, of being like, these are rules that need to be changed, right?
1: Yeah. And I forgot one of the most important and uh, influential people nominated for this award, one of our favorite people, Tim Parks. Yes, of owner course. of the SoCal Hard Aids.
0: Of course, of course. So, no, it's... Um, I love the Dink Awards every year, and so if you don't follow the Dink, go ahead and follow the Dink. If you don't listen to the Dink Pod by Thomas and Zane, I think it's one of the um, most well-done pickleball pods out there, so be sure to check it out.
1: They're really entrenched. They really uh, keep their finger on the pulse, and I'm really glad that they're out there doing what they do.
0: Um, So in case you missed it, Kristen, the MLP-PPA merger was set to close this week, and you will never believe what's happened. It
1: didn't close? It's delayed! It's delayed! Again. Oh my God. It's almost as if they're going to spend six months trying to merge and then six months trying to take their heads off. Didn't you say that on the last (laughs) podcast, Kristen?
0: Um, A nuke was launched last night by one of the team owners um, who's basically trying to replace the position of Al and Jason in terms of financing. So he still wants the the deal to happen, but he wants better terms because something we've talked about on this podcast has been... Uh, you know, very publicly known as the terms aren't great for MLP and team. the terms aren't great for the team owners.
1: Yeah. And again, it's all part of this ongoing discussion that these whole this discussion over the, the pay cuts is not about money. It's about control. fairness, right? Like and control, fairness for the players, control from the yep. entities. So I think that at least someone's out there screaming like, hey, <laughs> we deserve fairness on the MLP owner's side.
0: Interesting. Uh, so hopefully
1: that that works out better. Um, but uh, I was thinking, like you know, normally people get their paychecks biweekly. In this case, it will just be every two weeks. We're telling you, you're getting your paycheck in two weeks, and then two weeks from now, we're delaying two more Correct. two, two in more case weeks. But stay you with missed us. it. Uh,
0: in case you missed it, 103 MLP players, including myself, still have not been paid. But it's okay. You know, it's not like we have a mortgage or players have families. You no know, one it's has totally kids. fine. Um, And in case you missed it, USA Pickleball, they released the schedule on FAQ for Nationals Golden Ticket Qualifiers.
1: I thought this was interesting because, of course, we can't escape Dallas, the news of Dallas, (laughs) the kind of will-they-won't-they of next year's Nationals, plus releasing like Save Your Seat for next year's date, so it is looking more and more like whatever this year's national was, what was it called? it? Pickleball Boulevard mm-hmm. will just be a party and some kind of event. Um, and then nationals will go back to being separated its own thing. It'll most likely be in Phoenix is our best guess. Right. But all the uh, golden ticket events will still be, I, I think what they have been in the past, in addition to APP events though, there will be also UTR events. So it'll be interesting to see how UTR sports events are running themselves when I thought they were collabed with APP, but now they're doing their own thing separate from APP. So that's an interesting, uh, twist. In case you missed it, paddles are getting
0: out of control. If you're not hitting people in the neck, what are you even doing? Just ask your chin, yourself
1: that. The shin. You got hit in the shin on that point that would have gone out. Paddle, paddles addition, are moving so
0: fast I couldn't get out of the way of an overhead standing at the baseline. Let's really think about that. And the ball ended up hitting me in the shin, although I do think that says more about me than the engaged paddle against work, which baby. I was playing. Um, so forget about delamination, which is still a core issue. But um. bum Thank you. Appreciate that core issue. Get it, get it. But now we have paddles coming out of the manufacturer at sub 40 for deflection testing. So really think about this. The MLP standard has been 50. It was lowered mid-tournament a couple months ago in Florida at a PPA event to 42 because no Selkirk 002s were passing from what was reported to us. So now you have this new, really lowered deflection limit of 42. And you have paddles at the Masters failing that over and over and over again. I talked to one MLP player who said she had five paddles fail in a row, brand new, out of the box. This is a major manufacturer, major name, with major manufacturing issues happening right now. The quality control for this huge supplier of paddles is in absolute free fall. I have heard, it has been reported to us that this company will have one side of the paddle face test at let's say, you know, 44, and the other side at like 36. Can you talk about a pro player's nightmare going to sleep at night? One of my paddle faces plays
1: hotter than the other. Which one is it? We're gonna have to look for some weird like color coding. We're be like, oh, why do you have a red sticker on one side and a green sticker on the other side?
0: So we've been well, told. Well, is this it a
1: paddle m- manufacturing issue or is it a, it's a quality control flaw? <laughs> to manufacturing. So, so we
0: um we've been told that this particular paddle model that's new has now stopped production. And they have to figure out the quality control issues.
1: Wow. I can't wait to see those like lingering on eBay when they sell out. And, you know, and like... joking
0: joking aside, if I were an amateur, okay, I would not want to play these paddles. Like most amateurs have a lot of trouble popping up their dinks. So it's not necessarily the most beneficial thing to get the hottest paddle on the market so that every ball is a bait ball. Um, so you know, in in all seriousness, I think having something that's thermoformed core for power, but then also has a lot of spin and a lot of control, like the Jilly B13X, shameless plug. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely shameless plug. But in all seriousness, the number one piece of feedback I hear from people who buy that paddle are like, oh, my dinks don't pop up anymore. So I do think that is really important. I wouldn't rush out to buy one of those paddles, um, yeah, that's my piece on that.
1: No, totally, totally. I um, I find that Jillybee paddle is just like where I want to hit it. Yeah. It goes very.
0: So when people ask me for advice on paddles, I, I, I say exactly that. I go, mm. do you like the way something looks? And most importantly, does
1: it act? Does it go where it felt like you hit it? There
0: you go. That's why I say it,
1: golf. Does yeah. it go where you felt like you hit it? Which means like sometimes you miss a shot and it feels like a miss. The worst thing is when you feel like you hit it soft and it goes, woo! Exactly. Yep. Well said. Might have to turn the mic down a tad on that one. (laughs) Okay. In case you missed it, the new ball of the PPA tour is now the Vulcan. Does that not sound like a Marvel somehow, like a Marvel, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Villain the Vulcan. Have you read that issue? (laughs) The Vulcan. Oh, V40. I didn't know. uh, I didn't know they went with 40. It's like, I get it. It has 40 holes. Can we come up with a a more creative title here for for pickleballs? Um, But uh, we have calculated that the costs of a Vulcan (laughs) per minute of play is what, Julie? $3.45 a minute.
0: (laughs) If you're interested in buying this ball, you can go to Vulcan.com and use code I'm an idiot yeah, um, at checkout for 50% discounted shipping.
1: Link in description. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> no, I I did like playing the balls. Okay, joke joking aside, yeah, th- I thought it was a great ball. Um, and Jill,
1: you liked the Dura, minus yeah. the fact that if it's below seventy degrees, you crack a, a, a Dura in yeah. like ten seconds. So yeah. if, we, if no. we went the for the for the Dura cost per minute, it would be three dollars yeah. and forty five seconds uh, dollars per. Second. Yeah, well said. <laughs> you know, I
0: have had the Vulcan. I've I bought twenty four Vulcan balls, and I I really have yet to have one crack. I've been playing yeah. them really consistently. Um, they did at the Masters new balls every game, which I, I hated because it's, it's really fast for the first five or six points, which okay. I like it fast, but you, you just got in the groove, right? Of playing a ball and then you're like, okay, yeah. like don't the serve as big. The end of your big. last match yeah. is a very different
1: feeling than yes, the beginning yeah. of your next match. No, no, but it, it's a great ball. I've, um, Yeah. It's more durable for sure. It's a little bit slower, but faster than a Franklin, which no, is... No, I think it's probably equally fast. You think? If not faster. Um, I did see a few, even with the new server, which we're going to get into for a second, a few serves where the ball really didn't bounce.
0: A lot of that. I don't know if that was the courts or the ball, but there's been so much of like the ball didn't bounce. The ball didn't bounce. I think it's like a
1: football effect where like it gets a flat spot. And then if you hit like the corner of the flat spot, it reacts very differently than if you hit a round spot. Funny, because I was attributing that
0: to the courts. And now that I think about What's it, like about the courts, you're right. I you're totally right. I think I was I attributing think it, was the it ball.
1: to the serve rule. That you guys cracked the code.
0: Oh. <laughs> Should we get into that right now? Jaume
1: and I like didn't have to change our serves at all. Except well, to be fair, go ahead. No, go ahead. To be fair, Jaume changed his serve drastically because when he read the new serve rule, he thought he was supposed to actually do a drop, drop serve. serve, like bounce on the ground, then hit it. So he been he had been practicing the drop serve for like six days leading up to the Masters. The best part is he got everyone else in Hawaii practicing the drop
0: (laughs) serve. He told all his playing partners all over the islands, like, hey, you know, it's moving to a drop serve, pro pickle. And so like, you know, for a week period, everyone in Hawaii was playing a drop serve thanks to Jaume. And the best part is he shows
1: up for the Masters and his drop serve is really good. It's really good. It's really, really good. You can do some crazy stuff with the drop serve. I mean, I've seen some of those videos of drop serves and I'm like yeah oh, makes makes sense they don't want the drop serve for pros they're gonna get back to crazy like bouncing uh you know chainsaw stuff yep. I don't know so do you know
0: if this serve is it's also implemented with the amateurs now is that correct no no. No.
1: The amateur is just the same rules. So if
0: you're an amateur, you can keep playing your delaminated, serve, your defle- high defle- your low deflection paddle, <laughs> and you can serve however you want. I'm in the wrong category. What am yeah, I doing
1: in yeah. pro? Just don't put don't put <laughs> grip tape on your paddle, you're good to go. Um yeah. The uh the funny thing to me about the uh the serve is how we arrived at it. Because there's basically only two players that they were targeting, and that is Tyson and Deckel. right? And apparently there was an event at the end of last year at San Clemente, the finals. Uh, we were not there in present, but you can see on the live feed, Colin John's getting very aggro about how Deckel was throwing it to the moon. And here we are two months later. Um, I, it sounds like Colin and, and Ben got uh, Catherine Parento to make the recommendation mm-hmm. to change the serve to the rules that they, they stated, which basically is just like you can't let the ball go up before it goes down. Like it has to go straight lower. It can go crooked, right? It can go like diagonally lower, but it can't go up before it goes down as it comes out of your hand, as you release the ball, which is very different from drop serve. Don't say drop, just release. Uh, but if you really think about it, The serve rule is literally serve like Catherine rule. Mm -hmm. She's always served that way. Mm -hmm. It's just like drop and smack. I don't think it's that actually big of a deal. I just think below the hip is a better phrase than below the waist. Yeah. Kristen doesn't
0: think it's that big of a deal. She didn't have to play deckle bar (laughs) indoors at the Lifetime in North Carolina five months ago on a court that had two feet behind the baseline. I was like praying for my life, trying to meet the ball on the bounce as he served to me. But you know, it's nice. They changed the serve rule just in time for all these new crazy paddles to come out. So there's like this total mitigation, (laughs) like we're kind of in the same exact spot, like change the rule, minimized power, but now you have more powerful paddles.
1: Well, also interesting timing that Catherine played with Tyson all year last year and now they're not playing together. Oh, so so you're saying she got to reap the benefits of his serve all year. And then in 2024, dumps him and big is like, by trip. the way, true.
0: by the way, you know, in my dear John letter to you, I'm making sure I get your serve changed.
1: <laughs> Suck it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying what I've heard. But um, <laughs> my, my point was the opposite. It was like, it's only a big deal for those two guys. It is kind of like, okay,
0: i going to disagree with that. I feel like I was getting in the habit of like tossing it a little bit.
1: My point is: Did you have any fewer like <clears throat> short returns because of your serve? Did of you have course. any fewer bad returns? Or oh, misses? you mean at the Masters? Like, you still look no. Like I feel you like were... I developed a
0: better serve. To be totally candid that's with you, that's my
1: point. I like point my is serve that is that now super. My point spinning. is like I actually do support this. <laughs> yeah, Catherine, to be clear, if that's you <laughs> and Colin, but I think it's funny. Um, so we'll see. It, it was a test. We don't even know if they're keeping it. So let me know if you've heard, but, um, that's all I have on the serve. Do you have any other tidbits?
0: No. In addition to, um, our fun story about Jaume practicing his drop serve, we have even more Jaume Martinez Vic stories. So he stayed with us after the masters for a couple days to train. We worked out a lot of kinks in um, our game. I'm so excited, um, for all that's to, to come with him this year. But, uh, Another funny Jame story is after a really hard day of training, he shows up at the house and he's like basically comatose with Marcel Chan, his training partner, who also stayed with us. And they had just gotten back from In-N-Out.
1: Naturally. One in California.
0: One in California, where they had consumed...
1: A double-double with
0: cheese? Three triple-triples each <laughs> with cheese animal style. animal style. Oh my God. I mean, that you is don't impressive. know animal styles when they grill all the onions with the mustard. So that's nine patties and nine slices of cheese with animal sauce per person. I think they went to bed at 16 nine, and slept 16 hours.
1: Nine patties, nine <laughs> pieces slices of, of cheese, cheese, and six buns. Wait, it's, yes, exactly. Well, three buns, Wait, I think there's six, more
0: cheese because it's three slices of cheese per patty. Yeah, nine. Nine, nine and
1: nine. Okay. Three, yeah. ta- three times yeah, three. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go.
0: <laughs> well, so then between them,
1: that's 18.
0: Dear Lord, so impressive. Um, Speaking of partners for the year, one thing I haven't done a very good job of in our last pod was talking about my partnerships for the year. So I have solidified basically all of those. Um, I'm pumped to be playing with Jaume Martinez Vic. I'm pumped to be playing some with Augie Gee, my lefty. I think he is a, the player to watch. Mary Brasha thinks yeah, so too on the off men's side. Tyson
1: and Dekel. Mm-hmm. Yes, he Thank did. Thank you, serve rule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then on the women's side, I'm stoked to be playing with quite a few different women. Christine Maddox, who also played number one at Pepperdine University. Let's go waves! Go waves! We just played together at the PPA Masters. Had a tough draw, meeting up against Anna Lee and Catherine. Yeah. In the uh, uh, round of 16. But um, she is... She, Christine probably hits the ball harder than every other female on tour. Like, yeah, I think like, she's like who would Vivian Glowsman. hard. She hits it so, so hard. Yeah, does
1: Vivian hit it harder yeah. than Sierra? Then.
0: Well, I think Callie and Lucy are really hard yeah. hitters. Yeah, yeah. I and think... And that's
1: Christine playing a Solaire, which is like on purpose a soft, slow paddle.
0: Right. So I'd be terrified to see her with anything else, actually. So we're going to be playing more together. She's super raw, she's just getting started. She's going to be awesome. She's local, so we can train together, which is such a dream. Ish. And she's like, yeah, Local-ish. six six feet tall, blonde, strong. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't Sound want to be familiar. I wouldn't want to be hitting third shot drops against us, like leaning mm-hmm. in, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to play some with Caitlin Christian, another SoCal former pro tennis yep. player, awesome player. I'm going to be playing a couple tournaments with Rachel Summers, who's awesome. She's in medical school, so a lot of people don't see her at a ton of tournaments. And then I'm stoked to also play with Allie Phillips. So I have a lot of these super strong yeah. partnerships. If you don't know Allie Phillips, oh my gosh, I think she is a female player to watch this year for certain.
1: Absolutely. I was blown away the first time I saw her yeah. at MLP Atlanta and I was like, did they get the wrong Allie? Didn't they mean Harris? Oh I know. my God. Oh, Phillips. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm in. I'm with you. I had to play uh, against her and Shelby Bates, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this Ellie Phillips girl is so freaking good." She's a Utah girl, yeah. so uh, she's got a lot of a lot of good players to train with, and um, really, really smiley. Just yeah, super fun. Caitlin Christian, super smiley, really super rare. fun. She I'm stoked to have to all these, college. like, happy, smiley, fun
0: partners. Yes. I'm like, that's this is the matters, attitude I've enjoy. been looking for. Yes. Like, all these girls Absolutely. have the best attitudes. No drama.
1: That's that's my prediction for 2024. This is the year of smiley girls. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Enjoy. Good attitudes. But no yeah, Caitlin faces. went to college, played college tennis at USC, right? Yep. And then went pro. Mm-hmm. Like… You just haven't seen as much of that in tennis, and I think that hopefully will start to be more of a trend because people are seeing like, you know, there's there's more to uh, life than just whether or not you get to Wimbledon. Um, so she has played Wimbledon too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So the Masters. Speaking of Wimbledon, which we still can't figure out,
1: Kristen has this. Gri- <laughs> Go ahead, Kristen, on <laughs> okay. why the Masters. I is am a the golfer. Masters. I have grown up watching the Masters in April, every year of my life, everyone gets pumped for it, it's green, and the caddies wear white. The players are not wearing white. So if you want to emulate the sport where the players are wearing white, what do we call that? Wimbledon. Maybe you don't do it on MLK weekend either. Maybe not. Maurice Maurice the the Grease. grease. (laughs) That was so funny, Maurice the Grease. Maybe not. So I guess if they really wanted to emulate the Masters, I should have been carrying around your bags wearing white. That's really, that's really what the restriction should be. Yes. All coaches and uh, roadies must wear white. I love that. I love that. Actually, what you do see at the Masters is a lot of people wearing green. So what was
0: interesting is they're calling it, you know, this pro- uh, progression draw. Right. Yeah. Which and we saw at nationals. <clears throat> which we saw at nationals. And it, it's not really... That's not my definition of a progression draw. I could be wrong here. What they're doing is really a a staggered entry draw. So you have people receiving double buys. You have... Um, ben and Anna Lee not having to come in until much later in the tournament. So that that's something we did at UTR actually when I worked at Universal Tennis. We hosted events that were staggered entry, and what's interesting about that is you don't see the paramount of that in the tennis Grand Slams. When Rafa Nadal and Djokovic meet in the finals, they have played an equivalent number, number of, matches. of of matches. Yeah. Um, and so it does feel like there's an extraordinarily uh, unfair advantage to the players who are receiving these double buys, especially because a lot of Ben Johns and Colin Johns's losses last year or the few losses they incurred, they came very early in the tournaments. So now mm. they're getting to bypass having to play, you know, Jaume and Wyatt early or DJ and Pat Smith early. And I actually could be wrong. Maybe they played those
1: in the quarterfinals, but I don't think so. I think those were early lost round. They pa- to Locklear and Ben in, the f- in, like, their first match. Correct. Um, so, yeah, super – different. Super- <clears throat> what ended up happening literally to you is singles, you had to drop out because they bumped one of your matches to the next day. So you had to play two play-in matches. Right. Would have had to play two play-in matches And another one later, which is what Christine did, but she was already out of mixed. So it just creates a a situation where you are still playing seven or possibly eight matches in one day. For certain. Which is anathema to, to me, the concept at its core. Yep. And tennis takes two weeks to do this. So because Jaume and I didn't
0: accept um, reductions in our pay, we were input into qualifier. At least that is my opinion and we have a list of questions actually for Bryce Morgan the CEO of the PPA who said he'd be happy to answer any questions so we're going to send those yeah. to him today but again there seemed to be a trend of if you've accepted a pay cut you received at least uh insertion into the play, uh, the main draw or the play into the main draw Jaume and I you know went through qualifier we had uh two rounds we warmed up beforehand then I had a women's match and I was supposed to play singles they decided to take singles tack it on to the next day. So as Kristen said, the next day could have been like a literal, like eight hours of pickleball day with three singles matches, two mixed and two, two women's doubles. And I just wasn't going to
1: yeah.
0: put myself in a position to like have a serious yeah. injury. So I pulled out a singles, but I
1: yeah, Go ahead. just To be clear, it would have still been one women's doubles before anyone corrects us, but it would have theoretically been two mixed, three singles plus a women's doubles. Okay, got it. But, um, that's only because they randomly actually gave you kind of surprisingly okay seating for women's and then just well, put you I straight was, into the into uh, the And I was really looking forward to playing house with Catherine. And I was
0: really looking AL. forward to playing women's singles, but then I actually went and watched the match uh against a girl I would have played my first round and I was like oh my gosh, like this is not the singles I remember being really good at and playing, you know, two years ago in the finals of Nationals against Anna Lee where I beat Mary Brasha, I beat Irina and then got decimated by Anna Lee. I was like, that's not what singles to me looks like now. Oh my gosh. It's like the paddles are so hot. The girls are so good at groundstroking. You have to stay back and really choose the perfect moment to come in. Otherwise you're getting past nine out of 10 times. And it's so funny because then Leia Jansen tweeted
1: the exact same thing. Exactly that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because she just came back to singles.
1: You and Leia think on the same page most of the time. If you look at the, the singles draw, what's really confusing to me is the seeding numbers that they sometimes put on there and didn't, which they put Paris Todd in uh, the second round, but gave her the 37 seed, which makes it look like everyone in the Tuesday play-in round was actually seeded higher than Paris, which is weird on its own. Not to mention that the way that they put the buys in and had several uh, doubles uh, where there's like two six seeds and two one seeds uh, which are clearly typos. And then out there in the play-in rounds are a bunch of people who are either unseated or seated higher than Paris Todd. So to me, it's like if you're going to, you know, create these progression draws, that's one thing. And if you're going to, you know, kind of make up the seeding numbers, at least make them make sense. Like why not just call Caitlin Christian the like, 15 seed or the 16 seed instead of 29, if you're going to put her where you put her. Um, and I guess the, uh, the the Jeannie Bouchard and, and I, I don't know, Dominique Schaefer also isn't seated, which doesn't make sense to me because I thought she played singles all the time. So yeah, it just really uh, a lot of things d- didn't make sense. Right. And we have a list of questions. We're going to send it to Bryce and hopefully next week be able to come back
0: making some sense out of a lot of this. Yeah. Um, Some other questions I have, you know, is there any... Prize money. My understanding, and again, if we're wrong, we'll come back and correct this, is there's there's no prize money. Dylan Frazier won singles. Is he walking away with $1? And I think you've hinted a lot at this issue that's yeah. impending for professional pickleball is if we're all on salaries, regardless of if we get <laughs> paid those salaries or yeah. not, yeah. what is the motivation for A, anyone to play singles, like for Ben Johns to want to get out of bed and go grind in singles? Um, and B, what is what is the motivation for anyone to really try and, and frankly, anything? And and how does that affect gambling? It's like, totally. you know, my, my friend was asking me, like, don't all players want to fight no matter what and win? Like, you're competitive athletes. I'm like, that's what I wanted to. I can't say that everyone's thinking like that.
1: Yeah, well, and honestly, this is yet another example of a better way they could have gone about pay cuts because they could have said, look, this is like screwing up our budget. We need to bring the pay cuts down, but instead we're going to put more of that money into bonuses and Smart. and prize money. So you can go bonuses. earn it back if you play well. That would make sense. I mean, obviously you look at NBA players, they get their salary. They must get something depending on how far they make it into the finals. No, right? I think They're that's like bonus I, I,
0: I think that's a really good point. And we're going to talk more about the pay cuts later, but I feel like they've gone about, pickleball leadership has gone about this pay cut reduction process in the most uh, backwards, difficult manner humanly possible versus if you just sat down, all the PPA players, all the MLP players, and said, Look, we're trying to create a viable business model. We're asking, there's no favoritism here. We're asking for everyone to take a 30% pay cut, play 15 PPAs, 10 MLPs. If you have an APP carve out, you can keep your APP carve out. Um, and we're going to take 10% of that reduction, we're going to put it into like a bonus performance prize pool and everyone's getting the same thing. Here's what it looks like. I think you would have had 175 players raise their hand and be like, that sounds good. We understand the reason for this, but instead you've got only MLP players being asked for a reduction. I've talked to 15 PPA players. None of them have been asked for a reduction. Um, and then and,
1: weird threats on the back end of it. Like, yeah, you're going to be thrown into a 12-hour tour. day of trying to give clinics. And it's like weird fear tactics. Like the use of of the
0: fear lever over the use of like the honesty and transparency and accountability lever. I'll just, I'll just never understand it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe someone smarter than me can comment,
1: (laughs) explain it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We have very uh, smart, smart listeners. So give it, give us the answer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Huge props to our hyper-intellectual smart listeners. Your guys' comments on the last pod for the 2024 predictions were absolute fire. So thank you. If there's something about our listeners. Man, they are smart.
1: Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about you and Jaume?
0: Yeah. So we made it through qualifying. We didn't drop too many points. I'd have to go back and look. But yeah, I had two pretty quick rounds. And then in the main draw, we beat uh, Colin Johns and Brooke Buckner uh in three i think it was 10 12 11 1 and then like 11 5. yeah um yeah i think we realized we were hitting too many balls to brooke (laughs) she She was on fire she was was on fire brooke played amazing and hits the ball scary hard with her paddle and then we went in and we lost a really close three-game match to hunter in paris where we won the first we were up in the second And we had like the world's worst call that I have seen in a really long time by Paris. Yeah, Actually, it was like
1: three inches in. Like well, you guys decide. I'll throw it on.
0: Like the only other call I've seen worse than that is another Paris Todd call.
1: Like oh, that. Really. It's like
0: a meme of pickleball where it's like this far in and it's in the finals of oh, an oh APP boy. tournament. So that was a bummer. I think we were up seven six in the second when that yeah. call happened on serve. So yeah, we'll put that in. Um, and then being, in the third, in the of... we were we were up again like the whole time. I think it was like 9-all, nine 9-8. Nine and yeah. we, we lost in the third. I, can't, I honestly can't believe it. So Jaume stayed and we've practiced a few more days together. And I think we're just literally scratching the surface of developing like totally. plays together. So much of this double success is like
1: knowing what your partner's going to do, like having patterns. Like yes. <laughs> This sounds silly now, but this is the first time you've played side out scoring with Jaume. Mei. I kept throwing him the ball like it was MLP. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> Jami's here. We know what we're doing. Okay, one one. Here we go.
0: But I think he's literally oh, just man. scratching the surface of doubles and getting better at doubles, especially mix. And I'm just scratching. Well, shouldn't say just scratching surface, but I'm getting better every single day on the right side. So yeah, I, I wouldn't want to. Yeah. I don't want to play us in. Tw- I wouldn't want to play us in 2024.
1: Yeah. Um, should we talk about uh, my my new uh, right side theories? Yeah, sure. Why should we save that? No. I have what a are your right on, side on theories? The effective right side player. Uh, number one, unattackable, which you talk about all the time. Like you have to be that person where they like think they can pick on you, and every ball comes back, and they're like, okay. "Oh my gosh!" All right. Number two, you have to be able to dodge your player effectively. You have to read that left side person's mind and move a foot and a half behind the kitchen line so they can scoot over and hit their forehand. Number three, you have to insert yourself into the middle effectively and surprisingly. Like if you do it too much, they'll see you coming. But that poach from the backhand across the middle going left. Well, my best shot's my backhand and I haven't been poaching enough. You know,
0: um, I've been so inspired by watching Vivian, David, and Thomas Wilson play because he'll go and drive a third and she's like a snake. She like snakes along the right side of the court and then explodes into the middle and is just ripping backhands. And I'm like you know, she, she, she plays the right side aggressive. I'm going to start playing the right side more
1: aggressive. That, and I think you're basically ambidextrous. Maybe you should just play lefty. (laughs) Jill hit her first lefty lefty Ernie (laughs) accidentally on purpose in rec game, in a rec game yesterday. Um, I I think I'm going to see more of that coming.
0: One more thing on the Paris and Hunter match. So we're about to get started. We have this like, was not a great referee, and I don't. Want, I don't want to get into it. I love the refs, but yeah, it's had, difficult to hear. No, difficult in every capacity. Okay. okay. Um, and so she's like super strict and goes to Jiaomei, who has this huge six-zero pickleball all three words spelled out on the front of his chest, all the way across his chest. And, you know, we have like rules and regulations with logo size, and especially everything has to be white and the colors. So the masters are particularly strict with what we wear. And so she goes, you know, you can't wear that. You have six zero pickleball sprayed across, splayed across your chest. And he goes, Uh, no, no, no. I've had it approved from the PPA. It's three separate logos. The six is one, the zero is another. And pickleball's a third. You can't (laughs) believe Chow would come up with that. And like we're all just laughing, dying.
1: (laughs) And he got to play with it. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Sorry for
0: my accent. Not very
1: good. Yeah, you like started with it, then like realized it wasn't very good and sort of under committed the rest of the phrase. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I see you. So let's
0: return back to the Masters and prize money for a second. So we talked a little bit about, like, what the incentive will be for players who are on these salaries to even compete. We talked earlier, like, does Ben Johns have a reason to play singles anymore? (laughs) Well, what about no bronze medal matches
1: having been played out? You caught that in
0: the draw. And that's why. Talk to me about that. That's why. At first
1: I was like, oh, wow, like, Leia withdrew and went home. That makes sense. I guess they must have wanted to play the bronze on Sunday and, Mm -hmm. you know. They were like, I'm not going to stay around with it. And then I looked at every single other pro bracket, and all five did not play a bronze medal match at all. They all had one, wow. one team withdraw.
0: Because they didn't want to stay an extra night.
1: Assuming that. I only checked with one person.
0: And they said, I didn't want they like, like, to stay an extra. I'm not staying
1: for 500 bucks, another hotel room, another everything. I'm out of Wow. Here. Yeah. Wow. OK. So I, I mean, I hope I don't, we don't see that all year. That would be sad. Yeah, Mostly that'd be super sad. for the people who, you know, are excited to, to go get their first bronze, and they don't want it to be by default. But it also is kind of weird, because if both teams don't want to play, and then one has to withdraw, and the other, like, who does it first? Mm-hmm. It's like a mm-hmm. game of chicken. I don't know. I guess if you don't care, you don't care. Yeah. The
0: APP Punta Gorda is this week. Yes. And we are, see some familiar names playing in the tournament, which I think is fascinating because I know for a fact MLP players were denied the ability to play in the APP event, right? And yet we see Georgia Johnson's name in the draw.
1: Which is to say that she's in a like holding pattern limbo where she's not totally under one contract or the other until this merger happens?
0: Well, I think you could ascertain quite a few things from that. Yeah. Does she have a contract? Does she not? Does she have a special contract? Does she have
1: special permission? Were
0: they all already paid up front? And so it's like, you know, why not? Why not? Like, Who's going to stop me? Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting.
1: Are we going to see some kind of repercussions from this? Like, oh, you played an APP, so now you're not allowed to play the PPA? Or you're
0: not allowed to play on MLP? Like you violated your contract?
1: hard to fathom. (laughs) It's almost like, all right, who's going to call their bluff?
0: All right, we have a huge next section update on pro player pay cuts and merger updates. So don't go anywhere. But first, we want to announce all of the winners from our last giveaway, our biggest giveaway yet.
1: And we are going to put those winners on the screen for you to read because we don't know who they are.
0: (laughs) Because Kristen hasn't done it yet, but here they are on the screen. you know now.
1: Wow. Oh my God. Her and her. What a great winner (laughs) over here.
0: So reminder, we've got Jilly B Paddles, Rainstorm, ProBan, Anti-Pain, Relief Products, hesicore Grips, Mizuno Shoes, and Ruck Packs.
1: Basically nothing that isn't life changing.
0: <laughs> Speaking of ruck packs, you guys, ruck packs are on an insane forty percent sale for another two weeks. So, oh, are you wow. longing for a pickball bag that keeps you connected and charged?
1: Charge it up, Ooh, Johnny! Look at this! Look at that solar
0: panel! So, search no more. Head to ruckpack.com today. Use code Jillybee for even deeper discounts. All right, so let's talk about the pro player pay cuts and the merger update. Um, Unless you are living under a professional pickleball player rock, you know already about the PPA MLP merger and the fact that players were asked to take 40% reductions. CNBC did this whole huge article on the unfair borderline illegal tactics that were being used to coerce players into taking these cuts. So we're here with an update on the merger. Um, it looked like there was a definite period of time right around Christmas that the merger wasn't going to happen.
1: For sure. It was like, OK, not going to happen. And then what, two weeks later, three weeks later, it was like, definitely going to happen.
0: Right, and supposed to close last week and then this yeah. week. Um, and I think, uh, What's really transpired here is you had this faction of MLP team owners who went as far as to declare their anti-merger status. They hired their own legal counsel and they were going to war.
1: And then. And then they decided that they were their main objection was was handled when Dundon pulled a rabbit out of his hat. Right. Yep. And he said, hey. I get it. You're worried about the leadership of this team. And here's my promise to you. If six months from now, you don't like where we're headed. I will personally buy out your team for $5 million.
0: Basically provided, you know, a financial backstop to a lot of the anti-merger team owners. And I think a lot of those were, frankly, feeling like they wanted to get out anyway. And if this was a solution for their fiscal worries that would you know, 10x their investment, I think a lot of them are like, OK, I'm assuaged, and let's do this.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems like a lot of people got in really early at a couple mm-hmm. hundred thousand. And then every year, there are costs associated with owning these teams. And now they're tripling, yeah. tripling, tripling the budget that they originally put in their initial investment. They're like, whoa. This may be yeah. worth "quote unquote" ten million dollars now, but it's going to cost me ten million dollars that I wasn't really right capital on board
0: calls, etc. So, like, I don't, I don't, I don't blame team owners or players for feeling like deal fatigue is what we call it. Right? They're just right. like, oh my gosh, this is not the vision I signed up for. This isn't what Steve Kuhn pitched me on. Um, so, I don't, I don't blame. I don't blame players right now for taking deals. And it seems like there are quite a few, especially our, you know, pickleball leadership, I'll put in quotation marks, right? These top players who were so quick to take a deal and curry favor with the PPA tour. I think, what did Tyson McGuffin say on his last podcast?
1: Uh, Don't be so butthurt and work on your brand.
0: Suck it up and... Take your deal. Work on your brand. Don't be butt hurt. It was
1: like yeah, something to that effect.
0: Something to that effect, and it's um. I think that's a wild sentiment. I think if you're making one to two million dollars a year, and someone asks you to take fifteen to twenty percent off,
1: that makes sense.
0: That makes sense.
1: If you're making a hundred thousand dollars, and someone says now it's. 60. That is a very <laughs> different feeling.
0: Yeah, or let's say you're making 200 grand. You feel like you're fairly compensated for where you are in your pro ranking. Someone asks you to take a 40% reduction or $80,000. And then you know Tyson McGuffin is saying, just go replace that income with some camps. OK, where else are you? Walk me through how you're going to replace $80,000. Go pick up a new
1: sponsor that's paying you uh, 100 it's, grand a year. It,
0: that's, that's a tough number to replicate on that per diem basis. Yeah. So I can't say that I fully agree with that. And and I don't blame, right? Like Travis Reddenmeyer took a deal. Uh Leah Jansen took a deal. Those were two huge, staunch supporters of the collective and working together. And and what bothers me when I when I hear that they've taken deals, it almost like condones the tactics that got them to Absolutely. agree.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Fear wins.
0: Right. It says fear wins. And so while I don't blame them, like I think Lay was like, you know, my sponsors really wanted me to do this. And I think, you know, I can't speak for Travis, but he's a team owner. And maybe he is like, I'm, I want out of this. I don't know if he does. I don't know if he feels that way. But right. maybe he's like, if I curry favor with Dundon now, I can just get out of this mess in six months.
1: Yeah. Get my portion of the pie and be safe.
0: Yeah. And just be done.
1: Yeah. It's definitely uh, a different feeling depending on which number you're coming from. That's for sure in more than one, in more than one way. Um, I, um...
0: W- so what what does bother me though is I do feel like there's this moment in time for players as evidenced by the collective to work together for our not just current rights but like our future rights. It's 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 so much more than just fighting against a pay cut. I think we're all happy to take pay cuts in a transparent, open, equitable, fair manner. This is about making sure we have representation on committees. This is about making sure we have board representation. We're fighting for our future Rights
1: and the fairness and equity of the sport. Absolutely, it's more than just the money. It's about the rules. It's about policies. It's about scheduling. All of those things add up to a very skewed universe. Yeah. When you're asking the players who make two million dollars to take a ten percent, ten to fifteen percent cut, and also get four buys in every event they play in, (laughs) while the person who's getting paid one hundred and eighty or two hundred grand. Is taking their forty percent pay cut, yeah. and having to play twice as many matches in every bracket, right?
0: And so, by our kind of calculations, I, I feel uh, the player collective has done a poll that there's only really like thirty people who've who are done deals, thirty players, and even the majority of those still haven't signed these like you know new company agreements, so to speak. Fifty players seem to be like absolute hard nose on signing new deals, taking cuts, negotiating. And then I think the balance are kind of
1: up in the air, so to speak. They want to cover themselves, protect themselves. They want to play pickleball. They don't want to ruffle feathers. They want to be agreeable. But it seems like the only thing they can agree to is something that is inherently not favorable towards them.
0: Yeah, I think, I think this is so much more than just about pay cuts, even for MLP and PPA. I think it's Absolutely. about control, control, control of the players.
1: Yeah. You really have to ask yourself, if you wanted pay cuts, what playbook would you use? Would you come up with a reasonable, across-the-board, transparent ask that involved an equally appealing Mm -hmm. comeback? Mm -hmm. In other words, 20% for everyone, and in return we will give you more freedom to choose the dates you play, but we need to know what you're in for because now MLP and PPA need to know who's in for the draft and who's eligible to play and what. And instead, we got fear tactics and individualized isolation, well, secrets, rumors, the, the the tactics of absolute sociopaths. Well, this I don't know is if I'm allowed to say that I I didn't say that.
0: Um, I think I think what's so mind-boggling to me about this is. If you took all, you know, 170 players between MLP and PPA and you said, yeah, you know, we're merging. This is great for the sport. We're going to ask every single player to take a 20% reduction. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. I really don't think you'd have one person be like, absolutely not. But instead, what they've done is they've said, you're an MLP player still on an MLP contract. You're a PPA player on a PPA contract. As such, we're treating you guys differently. And still to this day, PPA players have not been asked for reductions. Like, I want to be really, really clear about that. Yeah. Really clear about that. Um, And I think what's so weird about that is now you've got PPA players saying, well, I don't want to play MLP. Right? Right. Because their contracts say X number of team events, and MLP is asking for more, and they don't want to do that. And then you've got the team owners who are like, why even merge if we don't have the best players playing MLP? And then you've got a lot of MLP players saying, I don't want to play the PPA. I want my freedom. Give me that APP carve out. I want out. So instead of just treating everyone like, hey, we're just players in this new family, everyone's gonna play 15 PPAs, 10 MLPs, everyone's taking a reduction, everyone's treated equally, like that's
1: so easy, that's so palatable. Yeah. Why, 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 Why make it so hard? That's the thing. If you ask yourself that question, the answer is only one thing. That it's like fun? Yeah, for that they're certain people? doing it for the power trip. They're doing it for the control, just to say that they got their way instead of just being swift and fair and and getting it done and they've wasted so much time. Yeah. And the so other
0: thing time. that the other thing that's weird is, you know, the organizations say they want these reductions, yet they haven't asked the PPA players, and then the collective's attorney actually reached out to pp and mlp and said hey i've got an offer on behalf of 50 people to present you with never received a response right so again i think it all leads to it's not this is my personal opinion it's not about reductions even for them it's just about control
1: yeah and uh, they still need to plan a draft and plan a year's uh, worth of events and they're they're like using all their brain power and hours right right on just figuring so out the draft. The, is, the
0: draft is delayed. Again, we believe that's because a lot of the PPA players either don't want to play MLP, don't want to play 10 events.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that could <laughs> oh, skew man. the draft completely. Yeah. If someone goes into the draft thinking that they're going to get Ben Johns, and Ben's like, I'm out. I don't want to play any of them.
0: I think the the draft is probably delayed as well because I think the the merger is delayed. And I think I always go back to the podcast where you said, I think we're going to spend six months trying to rip each other's heads off and then six months trying to get married. And that's going to be the next five years of pickleball.
1: I mean, it certainly seems that way.
0: So you've got 30.
1: I hope I'm wrong.
0: You've got $38 billion of. Uh, net worth. Yeah, we valuation. Did a, we did a quick
1: calculation on like the most public figures of, of MLP, MLP owners. owners. I created an entire spreadsheet, and of course, we all know that net worth estimates are not perfect; they're always wrong. But when you start to see a lot of billions in yeah. front of people, and I'm talking multiple, yeah, we're we're looking in the like. 40 wow. billion comfortably and that's not <clears throat> even counting Anheuser-Busch.
0: So don't at 200. So don't get me started that 103 of us haven't been paid yet. <laughs> but 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 to there. me what that, that means is look beyond that. Like what it means to me is you've got a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of smart people's opinions. Yeah. And that is why the merger is stalled. I think you've got team owners as of late last night standing up and saying I'll fund this thing, stop this merger under these terms, these terms are bad, put me in coach, and basically delivered a a nuke.
1: Yeah. I mean, it behooves all of them to get in on a merge that is uh, beneficial to everyone on the MLP side. So at least uh, coming from the MLP side, you have a lot of cooks in the kitchen, even if it's only one rep from every 24 team. That's still a lot of people who potentially could be disgruntled by getting the uh, proverbial shaft. So,
0: so I don't know. I, you know. I vacillate from this is definitely going to happen to, oh my gosh, I don't think this
1: is going to happen. Yeah. I, I guess I just always assume that a lot of the people who are pro-merger are pro-merger for the same reasons you just listed, that they want the PPA players to play MLP. And that is still absolutely not clear. Whatsoever, yeah. At this moment,
0: so I would, you know, deeply encourage players who are still being asked for reductions, like just pause. You know, um, they're asking us to operate in a post-merger world, right? So wait for the the merger to happen. Don't don't get deal fatigue. I know it's hard. So I think for players who are still considering whether or not to take a cut, ask yourself if you're operating and making decisions under fear or logic.
1: Absolutely. Well and, said. And
0: if the answer is fear, reevaluate.
1: Take a pause, take a beat, and reevaluate later. Yeah. So with that, we wrap up pod 32. Pickleball is still joy. Don't let anyone tell you differently. We, we out. This Pickleball Life is a Tomahawk production. 100% organic, self-made, and homegrown. Music by k Dubs. Editing by k Dubs and Jilly B. Check out pbgods.com and use code PBLIFERS for 10% off your next order. Do you have a question for Jilly B? Email us at thispblife at gmail.com to be included in future episodes. Don't forget to click subscribe. This Pickleball Life.